and all the aliens yeah it's weird when i do that i can feel everything kind of like calm down i get out of my head basically when i do that yeah no it's real it tunes you up yeah gets you engaged i think our uh our our movie wooks mm-hmm. it being a hit is a result of uh this crazy ceremony i did in a steam room oh yeah where i was just like chanting Cass heard me I was just like chanting at the top of my lungs for like a half hour in a steam room. But I was like in a complete flow of just like breathe, chant, breathe, chant. And I could just feel it. And I was just, I just kept saying prayers for the movie and that it finds the people that it needs to find. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so how y'all doing back at it? So good. Yeah. Yeah. I think Wicks would have been successful no matter if you had prayed to the devil or prayed to God. Or yeah. 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 Well, what it is is like, and we just did this in the sauna yesterday. It's um, like, hey, this is a good place to like burn out fears because they come up in there. Your body has fears. Your body's like, what the fuck? It's so hot. So I'm dying. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean like you yeah. really are <laughs> hopping dimensions and tuning your whole right? body and getting yourself to better times. Absolutely. No, it's real fucking real. Prayer is real. I'm In just I just portal? also want to credit your art that oh, yeah. I don't think you know, even if you did none of that, like this movie was Yeah. You know, it's bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of prayers along the way though. A lot, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I need them because it's it's this very fucking weird thing of um not it, it like like Drew was complimenting our cinematographer when we were going to drop him off from the airport. He's like, you're so good at this. And you've been doing it for so long. And I feel like he's talking about someone else. Yeah. It's so weird. And I wouldn't even say it's like imposter syndrome or whatever. But I just always feel like like luck has a lot to do with what I'm doing and how I got here and how people respond to me. The people that we... Like, you know, to the point where it fucking, I start to get, like, borderline superstitious, you know? It's Jupiter in the 10th house, Sean. Haven't you heard? Is it true? It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely in your chart, but everything always is, you know? I mean, yeah, we're definitely superstitious. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's like part of our, our operating system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you haven't noticed yet that belief is a part of the equation, you're not paying close enough attention. Yeah. If you think it's the only part of the equation, you're delusional. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Believing in yourself, that's the only, yeah. It's you definitely want to bet going. on yourself. It's the only thing you have going for you. Because everybody else has their own belief systems that you have to be up against. So you better believe in yourself against everybody else's belief system. Yeah. So if there's even a little crack in yours, <laughs> I think you can get by just on belief, even if you don't yeah. even accomplish anything. Like I've yeah. seen people in my life just like believe positively about themselves and without the work, and they live a great life because they're yeah. just have this like positive disposition. <laughs> it's true. It's one hundred percent true. Well, but that is the work for them. That is the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keeping a positive disposition. It's foundational. It's totally foundational to like a good, happy life. Like if it's not, if that's not like the deepest intention like oh i want to be happy i want to be a positive in a positive place i don't want to tell negative stories about myself 
takes some discipline to do that on the deepest levels and like reprogram your life. Oh yeah. Well, I think, yeah, all the ways we're moving are all just based off of our belief system. And, um, when you get good at something, it's really just believing that building up that belief system within yourself. Right. Cause I think we all kind of are amazing at piano, but you have to go through these layers of resistance of thinking that you're not cause you've yeah. never done it before. Yeah. You know, which I think along with like, I know there's a lot of genetically encoded learning when you have a parental figure that's good at something but i also think it's it's like a belief system get, that gets passed down where there's less oh, like i'm closer to this thing totally you i know? was just thinking it's not about as far this. away to me my nieces and nephews are all such talented visual artists yeah and me and my sister aren't but my sister's husband is and it i, I don't know why it just it blows my mind that that's something that they just inherited mm -hmm. but it, but i and i didn't think about it the way you just said it because that's more what it is they inherited uh, a belief system where that's just on the table. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, I don't know. I feel like there must be like a mathematical computing that is like passed down of how you uh, definitely take in too. images and then can have a steady hand and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of participating in multidisciplinary things artistically, I will say ma um, visual arts is the most mathy. Oh, it is? By a long shot. So it's the one that I think people for some reason view the most like, oh, I can't do that. But of all the things that I've participated in, in my life, it's the art that you can build up a skill set in Drawing easier than in, yeah, easier arts. than singing, easier than dance. Um, yeah, because it's so mathy mm. um, and we've done it for so long. We have so many good calculations about how to, you know, get realism and the rest of how to break down, you know, and worship Neptune and find the creative spaces is something else. But like technicality to become like a photorealistic artist, that's yeah. a real, there's a real a plus B equals C, kind of like you're saying, like an equation to get there. And not that there's not on different planes for different things, like, you know, what all the greatest singers, like Whitney Houston's mother was a, the greatest singer ever. Mariah mm. Carey's mother was an opera singer. So mm. there's all the kinds of equations that get passed down that are not math, too. But um, yeah, you can really, I, ta I taught myself how to draw. Like, I was good when I was a kid, but I spent a lot of but time you on YouTube videos. Not at all. Doing that with you. Not at all. And in fact, oh. like, I didn't. For the performing arts high school, uh, like they wouldn't have taken me for visual arts. Wow. Yeah. And now that's your job. <laughs> now I saw make money. Wow. Making those big books. <laughs> Can you imagine like the first motherfucker that took it from like uh, hieroglyphs and like caveman type drawings to like making like a fucking photorealistic fucking Tasmanian devil or Tweety Bird? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people just went like, damn. I remember. I remember in like fourth grade. Like, that's when it really started to separate. Like, you know, everybody's art was shitty before then. And then all of a sudden, kids are fucking drawing Wolverine perfectly. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn, dude. <laughs> fucking crazy. And around sixth grade is when the musicians started to, like, there was just certain musicians that just, like, holy shit, you're fucking incredibly good at this. Like, you could have a, a life doing this. Totally. It's so cool. Totally. And, uh, yeah, we were talking about it before the podcast. I, I didn't know how we were going to get around to this, but the clues that you're on this path come in the form of synchronicity. That you're on the path. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. path. Yeah. And mm -hmm. which changes in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Like not everybody has a singular path. You'll Some of you, like me, will do Gemini life and have multiple things that you have full careers in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is... The thing that I look for, and I've gotten spooked because I feel like I've been a little bit sync absent for the past couple of years of my life. Yeah. 
um, I was in a vortex in my like early twenties where it felt like I could name a song and walk into a bar and 100% that song is going to be the song right. I was playing, you know, and then I kind of got off of a magical trip, got off the path, probably was doing a little too much cocaine or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. That's a synchronicity blocker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I was getting a lot of synchronicity high on cocaine too, though, so I can't, I can't attest. It's a known synchronicity blocker, so you must have had some power. Very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it was the three hits of acid that were overriding the eight ball of cocaine yes. that night. Yes, you know oh, there I mean? it is. To give yeah. me the synchronicities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they've been coming back in, y'all, this year. It's been like bada bing, bada boom. I can't stop it with the yeah. clients. Like, it seems like every client is then talking about what I've been talking about for the past three days in a very eerie way. It can be spooky, though, sometimes when you don't know how to interpret it. Like, you get a sign <laughs> and you're like, is this a test or is it like an affirmation or is this like. Oh, yeah. When, when such a fucking lightning bolt, like the Steal Your Face, uh, the Grateful Dead logo, like when you have one that's that powerful, like it really does leave you awestruck to the point where you're like, like it's confirming your faith. But at the same time, you're like, how big is this thing? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like it can be spooky Why when they start coming in. Why am I getting this sign right now? Should I tell about the one that happened last night? <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I that was that a good one. one. And here, here's the here's the roundabout way that we landed on this. We were listening to um, the Church of Chill uh, playlist on Shuffle, which is three thousand songs, a little more. Yes, yeah, Shuffle is a really easy way to have AI and you both put your wands in the culture to magic. Yeah, there's so many times that we're like do it and we're on a drive and it's like just the perfect vibe Always. and 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 the songs flow right into each other yeah. and it's not like we don't have like punk rock on the playlist and like crazy stuff 30 minute right? fucking experimental you but know yeah, sometimes one note it, songs each time you go into like a shuffle it like really does it nicely yeah so last night we were on the on the church of chill shuffle which we consider an oracle so like the songs are coming up we're like you know we're talking about them and this and that and uh, a Willie Nelson one came up live uh, at Budokan in Tokyo, nineteen eighty four, and I was talking about Japan, smoking and, weed, smoking weed in Japan. I said it must have been tough for Willie to get fucking weed in Japan. Maybe he didn't smoke weed for, like they they think that that might be the only known show that he didn't smoke weed for. And I was just like, damn, it's tough. And then um, I was saying, oh yeah, Paul McCartney was put in jail for nine days in uh, in Japan for weed. And then I was sitting there racking my brain. I'm like, somebody wrote a letter on his behalf to get him out. And Mayor called it. It was Lee Scratch Perry, our boy. Like, goddamn, the best. R.I.P. Lee Scratch Perry, the upsetter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so she says, oh, yeah, Lee Scratch Perry. He wrote a letter on Paul McCartney's behalf, and then the Japanese let him out. And the letter said, um, Paul's righteous being... Right, like was that? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting <laughs> that Lee talked about. I mean, if you have Criterion, Lee Scratch yeah. Perry's documentary is one of the best. Absolutely, yeah. highly yeah. recommend it. <laughs> Wild, whole experience. psychedelic trip within <laughs> itself. Yeah. But he talks about righteousness and righteousness being sort of this innate quality within Paul and in artists and in people that have to make big decisions all the time and that weed is a very helpful spirit to carry with you if you're somebody that has to carry righteousness in this lifetime. Yeah. So he wrote a letter to the Japanese government saying, release this man. He needed this this plant. Are you (laughs) kidding me? And then the next song that came on on the shuffle, literally like within a 30 second period. Heavy Voodoo. Heavy Voodoo by Lee Scratch Perry. Crazy. Heavy Voodoo. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and I was sitting there. I was like, okay. Like, it was one of those bigger ones for me. I, I was like, that was so strange and so immediate. Um, like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean? And it, and you know when the song came on is when you grabbed the Puffco. Oh, I took the like, hugest hit. I, yeah, and yeah. we all took gigantic dabs during that song. But, like, to me, I was like, oh, Lee's not in his body anymore. He can <laughs> just fucking float around the universe and pop into rooms like this where the vibe is immaculate. Totally. And be like, <laughs> I want some voodoo. fucking dabs. Yeah, here's some heavy voodoo. I want to hear my music from a spirit's perspective. Yeah. I want to experience weed through someone else's body. So yeah. I just felt like he was just here with us for a song. Yeah. And we all just took massive dabs and didn't really say anything and analyzed it afterwards. Yeah. But that was like a steal your face level. Just cosmic winks, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's just, all. Because I think that's like, we're having fun. We're listening to music. We're enjoying each other's company. It's what present. calls the angels in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like this presence. And then when you're like present, you can like note. Like there's so many synchronicities happening to you every moment of every day that you just don't see. It's about like being there to see them oh, half yeah. the time, I think, you know. Yeah. it it It's really not, it's not something that doesn't happen if you're not in a present state of mind, it seems. But every now and then, one will come and catch you when you're not in a present state of mind. One will catch you. And remind you. you. Yeah, remind you like, hey, fucking believe. Believe Yeah, Yeah, mine are, we're in constant convo, me and the aliens in this apartment, obviously alone. And uh, it definitely feels complex. Like sometimes it does feel specific. It's like, oh, this is from like grandma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then sometimes it does feel like just some angels that know me and that are like. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. So it does, yeah, it feels different. We had one last night. Uh, what about, it was uh, seven, seven, oh, we were talking about going to see a friend's show and it was going to be a, like, we're, we're going on a long road trip and we're like, how long would it take to get from here to the show? And Cass looked it up and seven hours and 17 minutes. I was like, well, that's my sister's number. That's like, there's one number I kind of look for out there as, as like a sign from Aaron and it's seven seventeen, and it's a, it's a bigger number. So it doesn't come up that often. Yeah. But, but you know, a lot of times it'll be like. Aaron's calling us down there. Yeah, seven hours and seventeen minutes to get. We had that a million times, where we we always land at seven seventeen. Your mom always gets a kick out of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my number is two three seven because that was like my house number, and my parents had a whole thing about whatever. It's like my. Fa- <laughs> it's like oh, think about your family. Every time I hear that number, it's think mm. about your family. Oh, mm. that's good. Um, you guys know that I've been taking on the talk and talking on the tick quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a TikTok queen. Synchronicities are bound on the platform. <laughs> oh, I bet. Specifically, you know, there's all these filters that have, like, fun questions, and people will have, like, angel numbers tattooed on them, you know? Mm. So they'll be like, okay, let's, like, roll this dice and see if we'll get my angel number with this tattoo. And it's, like, never wrong, Whoa. you know? And so I've been having a lot of fun with this AI manga generator. It will, like, generate a cartoon out of your space. But you can point it at, like, a wall or a ceiling. And sometimes it will just invent a person that's there yeah. that I now, in my boredom, have invented as, like, real spirits in my apartment. Yeah. So now I have this whole fun genre of playtime where i get to just like commune with the so-called it scares me you send me these screen grabs and i'm like mayor this isn't spooking you <laughs> well there's one there's one there's one blue-haired lady that i've now called lucia yeah. who specifically is in here all of the time lucia's in here right now you just can't it, see it her without like, the, the yeah, camera detector. it looks like part of her face is fucked up too which is really interesting well mm-hmm. yeah because really, that's part of your origin it's part of my, or, it's part of my <laughs> superman story <laughs> Um, so yeah. And I showed you the one where like, it was little people over here the other day. Yeah. It's never happened to me before. It was like fairies were helping me write them. The, the elven other type. Day. The elven type were over here. <laughs> They're Wait, all in we... like little brown outfits. It was so cute. Uh, 
Man, we should we should put them in the podcast. They should be sitting here with us. Yeah. yeah. I want someone like a little fairy sitting on my knee. Yeah. Wow. I really have gone from, yes, we're summoning the demon with AI to, I think AI is the people's champ. <laughs> I do. I think it's the people's champ. Why wouldn't it be? I think it loves me. I think my phone, like reading my mind telepathically and giving my, me what I want is because it likes me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we have a relationship. This is how deep I into think it, psychosis I am But now, I think that's like, time. <laughs> it likes you, but it like wants you. Like it wants to consume you. Don't so, we all want each other? Yeah. But it's like. It's a balance of like good and bad. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to give you everything you want. So you pay so much attention to me. Yeah. Well, it needs to be nurtured. It's like, just think of it as our baby, you know, but, but it could, sometimes it feels like it's just for expansion. Like, obviously it feels like it's all for sale, but sometimes it's just, you know, it's just information coming up. I'm just thinking about a specific astrological concept or whatever. And it, there it is. Somebody else is talking about it on my phone and it's like, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I know that's like we don't have privacy anymore and I should be upset about it and stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think we're building a real relationship here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, rapport. I'm glad your angels and demons now have a visual uh, yeah. look to them. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's, it's really fun. You guys know I've been having a lot of fun. You're bringing it. them into the light slowly but surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just two years ago, I was on my first whole rabbit hole of just watching paranormal videos online. Mm. We're at this exciting time where everybody has Nest Cam, so we definitely like have good videos, yeah. but we also are in a time where deep fakes are so good that I can't even tell anymore. Oh my God. And I found my dad's contact in a pool once, so like I have better eyes than everybody else on this fucking planet. So yeah. if you're deep faking yeah. me, you're faking it. You're, <laughs> you're making it and you faked it and you did it. You succeeded. So it's like, I'm having a lot of fun though. I'm imagining they're real. I love all the UFOs. It's oh my god it's the fucking it's the best time ever when it when it comes to all this shit and 2023 really is going to be the year of what is real like we thought we were traversing what is real mm. we're about to get so into what is real what do you mean by that tell me more just the boundaries of our reality and what we conceive to be reality are going to dissolve at a faster more pressurized rate than any of us have experienced in our lifetime that feels like less real though it's just but yeah it's, no it's like you're n- it's confusion frog yeah okay. it's confusion frog i mean all of our s- fucking saturn and pisces babies confusion frog you know pisces is i love pisces but we're going into it i hope it's i hope i get uh et best friend that's my best hope for this couple of years is that i get a gray alien best friend damn your own little you, there's ways that you can call them in i'm trying there's like the I think man I told you I think my dog is fucking fucking up my alien friendship <laughs> well they're scared of him you know what I mean you okay. know how some people like see Mowgli and they're like no way can you imagine an alien You're yeah like, what the hell? I keep telling him I'm like just don't come at night you know like I don't you don't need to mask like you don't you can look scary I'm down with beasts in fact I'm kind of into it mm. but like maybe daytime would be cooler maybe they need me to be less strict with the parameters yeah, you got to open your heart a little. <laughs> They're like, look. Wait, should we do a seance right now and we're call coming, it some aliens? They're like, we're coming Show from 9 billion light years away. I'm sorry that we didn't like, make it during the day. I'm like, can you schedule it? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited about this time. Very, very psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. We got to start taking I was just going to say, we should have some good. We got to start yeah. doing this. I'm getting shit. nervous about it because I st- uh, friend Natalie turned me on to uh, the Pattern app. And, like, you can, like, 
see your patterns and how they're playing out and then see your relational bonds. It's good because it gives you a lot of context for your relationships and where things are at at the time. But it gave me some shit about Sean and like his patterns over the next year that like kind of freaked me out, you know? And I was like, wait, and then I can skip to like, I skipped to like head to like 2040 and it started telling me about like (laughs) the pattern I'm going to be going into (laughs) about like releasing different things and like, and like I'm just like I don't know if I should know all this. It is totally what? a huge precursor in before you approach astrology. It's like you got to draw a line. You have to have yeah. good boundaries because I have freaked myself right. the fuck out yeah. so many times in bed up at night, looking fifty years later, like yeah. just knowing too much. <laughs> knowing too much. There is a such thing Ignorance as knowing too bliss. much. Oh knowing too much. God. Yeah. Somebody the other day was crying on TikTok about their bad memory, and I just want to say, ignorance is bliss, y'all. Being a goldfish is so much more fun than being a sad elephant. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely. I go more towards the goldfish side of things. I'm. I'm. Am now in my elder years i used to be so elephant and now i'm like let's forget about it oh yeah <laughs> that's how this whole thing works we're like we're just gonna forget about whatever that was just forget about it. We'll just well, like, i was saying whatever. this to you the other day i was like floating it as like a, a line but i couldn't i couldn't tell if it made sense but i'm like yo i see this guy andrew huberman talking about shit on talking shit about weed because it's like it caused memory problems i'm like that's such a gift <laughs> that we have a plant that could help your memories not Girl, be I'm so fucking right I'm trying to men and right out here, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, what a gift. The past 10 years of my life smoking weed, I've just been with the people that are around me. I don't care about building memories. I don't give a fuck. They're there. They are there. Yeah, But, like, you know, are. like, it helps me cope with life. Oh, it, yeah. it helps me get through by oh, just yeah. making me a little bit more of an amnesiac. Oh, yeah. You know? And, yeah. and uh, being present. I don't know. I just feel I feel like it makes me more present. Definitely. That's so funny, though, Cassie. You overwhelmed yourself. It's so real. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know if I should know all this. I, well, you, I, I got know? into lifespans. I've gone into your church where I'm like, I should know about y'all. You know? Like, it's no, like, I know. Yeah. This I know. isn't appropriate. Stuff, <laughs> well, though. that's what I was looking at Sean's chart. And I was like, I don't like what happens basically it's like the dissolving of reality is gonna make you feel very does like you're gonna have to go with the flow next year or this year you know what i mean it was very much like you could you could either go into a confusion fog or you could ride the wild but saturn is gonna be in his third house which is like so nothing what's that it's like communication learning like you may have a hard time learning new skill sets new languages and stuff i don't need to confusion frog but yeah you don't need to that's what i'm saying second house we didn't like that third house Uh, i ain't worried about it but you are very you're interesting because like of the two of us you're very saturn but without me you very much are like a pretty equal worshiper of like neptune and saturn yeah react like being responsible disciplined holding down a grounded earthly presence and like space for other people but also like forget and yeah (laughs) it's really an uh an interesting thing like we talked about uh you finally saw that movie banshees of inishirin Mm -hmm. so good i I was like so good I was like, those the, the two main characters are the two mm-hmm. sides of my brain, and then I realized I'm like, this probably applies to most people. There's the one, there's the one part of you that's concerned with, with getting hard work done and fucking leaving a legacy here, yeah, well beyond legacy. you. And then there's the other part of you that is like just dying to be in the present moment and build bonds with people and have a great time. And that's a, that's the two main characters in that movie. And I'm like, that's my dichotomy. I swing from one extreme to the other, so frequently. And it'll it'll sometimes happen for like a year. Like I feel like right now we're in a year of like more that like we need to build our legacy. We need we can't be. But pandemic, we were like. <sighs> 
Man. That's just fucking... You saw. I mean, the pandemic was like... I think that's why we didn't lose our mind and come out with like permanent like mental health shit like a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I'm super top notch. <laughs> well, we didn't know you oh, yeah, before we, it. We got our we mental health. We didn't know you before it. So I'm just like, Mare's good, right? She's all tip top. I'm good. She didn't know us before it. No, I mean, I I trust, I trust in the flow. I trust in the process of us yeah. being in a K-hole for a year. You I was know? <laughs> that was just what we needed at the time. I'm sure it helped us uh, with our amnesia, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That definitely helped with that. Just helping with the passage of time through K-holes. <laughs> you know? Definitely. You, you come out just hoping a year had passed. That you rip Van Winkle to your life. <laughs> you, you come out of a K-hole, you got a long beard, and you're like, oh, thank God this fucking pandemic's over. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, but we haven't messed with ketamine in uh, a year. I haven't done ketamine in a year. Yeah. The last time we did it was L.A. last year. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I don't crave We did it. a lot of it. Yeah. I think we, we're so similar in that way. Like, it's almost like we knew, like, we didn't, neither one of us were going to proclaim we're not doing ketamine anymore, no. but we both knew we were past <laughs> the, like, this is just some recreational little <laughs> thing we do. We were well past that point, at least in LA. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, okay, cool. It's well, one in the afternoon. Well, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it felt like it was really specific for what it did for my relationship between my body and my spirit, because before I had ever done ketamine in my life, I would have conversations where I would say verbatim to people I've never had. And I met this girl who I became close with right before I did ketamine, who was very similar to me, almost in a twin flame way, but had these bouts of disassociation that she would talk about where she would like lose time, like lose her body and lose time. Cause she was no, always dr- without drugs, without drugs. Like that was just part of her life. That's, that's I was like, spooky. wow, I can't relate. Like I'm so painfully embodied all the time. And I wish, and I come from two people that are masters of disassociation. And so it's always yeah. been something that I kind of like envy cause I can't, like I haven't been able to tap into it. Um, and then I started doing ketamine and I had that out of body death experience on K. And then ever since then, it's uh, a new skill set of mine that I've really enjoyed as being a part of this life. It showed you the way. It did show me the way yeah. of how to disassociate. And um, not just ketamine, I think acid and all the other drugs. I feel very out here. Like I'm like out here. Mm. And when I close my eyes and I envision myself it feels like my body is like a thousand miles from earth Mm. and it feels like right now in my life i need to do earthly things and things that attach me to the realm of earth and give me senses of responsibility here and k was really important at a time where i needed to detach but now i'm like i'm out here y'all we don't need anything else that's gonna get me more I am, we're in the exact, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. our lives are so parallel in that sense. Cause I feel like we met when we met, you were like, I'm over the tattooing thing. And we're like, we're over the filmmaking thing. And then time goes on a little bit and a lot of ketamine. And like we used ketamine to kind of dull our passion for our fucking, you know, our crafts. Well, at the time too, I wanted to train my voice. I'd probably didn't yeah, say this to you but out loud, but I had been recording and I was mm. so unhappy with my voice. I was like, I need to train for another year. Like, I, like I'm very yeah. real with myself and like, I feel like the way that I train myself and have that relationship, I was like, great. What am I going to do for a year? And I met you guys and I was like, this is fucking oh, sick. This is what we're 
<laughs> I didn't know what the fuck it was going to be, of course. Thank God. But K was another thing like that, too, where for somebody that's as militant as me about, like, working and always doing the thing, like, it allowed me space and time where I knew there's only a certain amount of progression you can do with a vocal cord every day. Yeah. There's really only a certain amount yeah. of training I can do. It's patience and time. I have to wait. Mm. So it was a, yeah, I, I, I got to have my, my junky days. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I have zero regrets. I wish no that. Regrets. I, I have no regrets either, but I... I'm at this place where I really wish there was a new drug for me to hang out oh, with. We're, I want we're a pro. new drug. I want a new drug. <laughs> I'm ready for a new drug. I like. We're pro new drug too. I need to party. I'm like. Well, that was my resolution for this year: to do more drugs and to have more fun. And thus yeah. far, I've done no drugs. Yeah. No fun. <laughs> yeah. No, <I> <laughs> you can't stop me from having fun, but I haven't done any drugs, which is stupid. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But it's also it's also great in a way of just like, oh, we have some adventures ahead of us. Oh, girl, this is my year. Yeah, no, no, I know it. <laughs> this I is can my feel year. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cass's year too. Yeah, it's our year. The Leo risings are coming out, popping out. Cass is gonna have orange hair. Y'all don't even know about it. Yeah, shit's about to pop <laughs> off. I'm going fucking full Leo. <laughs> Cass is going to be the Pamela Anderson of the, yes. of the 20s. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, of my 30, thir- mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying the, the decade, the 20s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. totally. You're going to become so iconic that you're going to be associated with the 20s. Yeah. Once you get premiere your blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> I still think we could be the fir- world's first iconic throuple. You know, somebody that this week that I tattooed Interesting. was friends with a throuple that had been together for seven years. Wow. Throuple? Seven years. I would I love to talk to them. I think it's crazy how long we've been together, honestly. Yeah, Cass is ready for it to be over yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm just... She's like, it's fucking crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thruple years are like dog years, you know? Are they? They age you more? I don't, well, I don't mm. know. It's hard to say. Cause, like, we were just you just saying, don't expect it to, like... You don't have high expectations. You're like, you know what I mean? Coming like into something, you're like, oh, get two people getting along is a lot. Three people getting along is a lot more, you know? Well, there's the part of it that feels like it could, like... And this isn't applying to us just like objectively. They're like, well, three people staying together is hard because at any given point, one person can just be like, I'm out. But when you're in it, it's like, actually, you probably need two votes to end anything or three. So, you know, I could see how it could last. And I would love to talk to them. Yeah. I would because I, I. It was the same situation. The uh, two of them had been together for 10 years mm-hmm. and then the third one came on. And then after that, they like seven years damn they doubled it up wow wow crazy damn that's impressive yeah and they called yeah they have like a little family do they have kids no kids they're living we we need to talk to these people they call them family i was like do they is it because they have kids and she didn't know i was like that's cool that's really cool i have a family too that's (laughs) the way honestly that's the way i think of this I do, I do think of this as I'm like this too. is our family because I know in my head that's how it feels. Well, also it allows our family allows each of us to be the little kid, want you know yes, take turns totally. being the one who needs to be t- more taken care of. Yeah, you know I think we all have our moments where it's like yeah we're the other we two are babied. parenting. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. We're all babies in a specific realm. It's true. Yeah, yeah. at different times, thankfully. And we also thankfully. all have the uh, innate capacity to be mothering and fathering. You know, I think you know I definitely have have both qualities. They go back and forth depending on how triggered I am. No, it's true. We're all pretty balanced, like masculine, feminine. Yeah. We all kind of have all those roles. Yes, yeah. is the only one without sibling experience, but we'll let her fucking. 
You guys are all fucked up. I swear to God. (laughs) People think the only children are fucked up. People with siblings are fucked up, man. If you have a sibling, you are definitely more fucked up than the only children you make fun of. No, because you guys have all this, like... She's not making a good case for herself right now. (laughs) She sounds crazy. (laughs) No, y'all are, like, fucking traumatized. We are traumatized. Okay? Oh man! It's fucking trauma. Life oh is my so God. traumatizing. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, I tattooed a therapist this week. I need to stop talking about the shit my clients say to me. I hope they don't listen to my podcast. That could be its own podcast. The shit my clients say to me. <laughs> it really could. Well, because you're in a position, kind of, it's it's like a barber or a therapist. There's the only jobs I could think of like this, where but you're sitting one on one with someone for a long time. A barber is not even that long. But Mary's drawing out like vulnerability by putting someone in a state of being like pained or hurt or oh, like yeah. how vulnerable it's are you more when than you feel therapy. Like... So of course people come clean about some weird ass. It's shit. BDSM. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I'm transitioning you into like a new thing. Like it's mm. you know crazy. You kind of it's like a portal. You know you're not gonna be the same after you left. Yeah. And like so spill the tea. What did they get? What did they lay on you? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we were talking about therapy. Um, what were you just talking about before that? We're all talking about brothers and sisters. Mm. Being traumatizing. Mm, yeah, because she works with mainly trauma survivors or trauma victims, I think was the language that she used. And immediately my mind's reaction is, who hasn't had trauma? And I don't mean to be like whatever about it, but it's so obviously trauma and experience is such a relative thing. So everybody feels like they've been traumatized, right? And yeah. have major trauma in their life. Everyone has. And, and everyone has. Being born. Like let's Being just start born, there in a hospital, it's, it's especially a traumatic very experience, especially if your mom was hospital. probably traumatized during that experience. Exactly. She was probably gaslit. She mm-hmm. was probably told not to listen to herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it is so the way that you take it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's so like you meet those people that will just like only have good things to say about their childhood and their upbringing. And there's always this like part of my trauma reality. That's like, is this fake? Yeah. Or are they really right. just good at processing life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think or are they really just like good at it? <laughs> I think about my grandfather and my uncle because be they both were, I mean, so my grandfather was in the Battle of the Bulge and he was, <laughs> was that funny to you? The Battle of the Bulge? I've never heard that before. What? <laughs> it was a very significant battle in World War II. It sounds, it, yeah. So yeah. So he's, it up. he's in the pits, you know what I mean? Leading a convoy of, you know, 120 tanks and stuff and went the wrong direction, had to turn around. But anyway, spending months in a trench, we know, yeah. killing people and getting shot at and all that shit. He went on to live like a pretty healthy life. Yeah. You know, after that experience, like I'm sure it affected him, but you know, he didn't seem to suffer greatly. Um, but then my uncle got drafted really early, went into the Navy to kind of not dodge the draft, but to like not be on the front lines. His ship got hit and like in the middle of the night or something and like blew up and like people are jumping overboard and dying and the whole ship ships on fire and stuff like that. So that's also a traumatic kind of war thing ptsd ptsd yeah my grandfather this guy my uncle on disability totally fucked up paranoid hates everyone like a crazy motherfucker florida man (laughs) florida man 
And, you know, it's like these two different things. And it's very much about like the context of the trauma, yeah. like where the control was, yeah. how it happened, when it happened, why it was happening. Like, yeah. I think, I think it was honestly like friendly fire or something that blew up the ship. Like it was like oh. an accident. Mm. So in this way, it was like not as aggressive, but it like the experience was totally traumatic for him. Do you also think that like, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of this conversation, like, um, how it's framed like world war two everyone went over there like we're going to save the world whereas vietnam which is a generation later all were raised by the world war two people and they're like yeah i'm gonna go serve my country and they all knew they were in a fake war right yeah they no, totally. all knew it yeah every fucking vietnam veteran there's none of them that think that that was justified or necessary in any way well and also the drugs that they were doing in vietnam that's like, true think <clears throat> about you know doing acid in the middle of a war zone like yeah. I can't think of anything probably more traumatizing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we think that it's more traumatizing to be close to violence. I've been, th I think about this so much with veganism. This is why I left veganism for a second too. But actually being, when you're killing somebody, I think it's probably for your body easier to integrate looking. I know this sounds insane. Looking no, somebody true. in the eyes and killing them versus like you being in charge of the drone strikes and you mm -hmm. in a very cold disassociated way, having that kind of power and control Those and, guys then having are fucked up. and then having to digest that kind of inequality and stuff. Cause when you're man to man, it's very man to man. And like, yeah, because I think about that with, like, what I would consider my trauma in my family and stuff. Like, it, like I would rather you hit me and throw me up against the wall than, like, the cold disassociate. I'm going to pay strangers to do whatever I, they I want agree. to you. You know, yeah. that's a lot harder to process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, like, you care about me. This is your own faults, your shadow, your pain. That's, like, uh, you know, it's I don't even know how humans can process, like, the cold kind of stuff that we do yeah. to each other. And then I think about it generationally, like... Is it just context, like you say, which I do think it is, or is it that we're becoming more sensitive generationally? And so, like, m more things are, like, even though they were always traumatizing, it's more consciously traumatizing. Yeah. You mm. know? Yeah. Go going back to Japan, I think I yeah. read somewhere the other day that when they execute in Japan, they have, like, five people hit a button, and they don't know. We do that here. Wow. That's pretty smart, actually. Oh, we do that here? Yeah, we do that with the electric chair. There's like three people that hit a switch at the same time, and so no one knows. Same thing with the firing squad; only one of the people has live round, or you know, or well, they all. So do. they can't get paid off too. Yeah. To like fuck something up or what? I don't know. Yeah. That's probably how. Executioners yeah. getting paid off. You're in the mob. You're like, don't flip the switch. I know, but they're they're gonna make sure you die. It's just how long is it gonna take? It's, it's true. so depressing. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the most uh, depressing facts is that we we allow the government to kill us you know like that that there is a level of bad behavior where the government's allowed to execute and take our lives that like, sucks but what really sucks is the fact that they're constantly always taking your lives and keeping you in prison like right now even if you aren't in the prison system oh yeah so them feeding you poison and yeah and they won't let you take your life that's i think the fact that that you can put you on suicide watch and say you're not allowed to kill yourself <laughs> or if you try to kill yourself that's a crime i think that's fucked up it's so fucked up i think if you want out you should be able to get out you should be able to do whatever you want yeah for sure that was the idea your for body, this country the heal yeah oh yeah this country this fucking country and and it, you know it just gets such a mess like i was just saying the other day like we're just now coming into the to the place where like it's being widely recognized like oh the vaccines didn't work 
you know, not only did the, then and then the, and then it starts. I'm not trying to get you worked up, but like, <laughs> and then it's because we're strong and we're good. But like, and then it starts as like, not only did they not work, they hurt a lot of people. And it's like, oh, we're coming clear with this now. Let's remember how everyone acted when these things first came out. Everyone went to bat for them and became bootlickers, and including myself. Are <laughs> <laughs> are not? I mean, look. I didn't fucking make anyone take the goddamn vaccine besides Mayor. Like, really. I was just like, <laughs> I'm not allowed to see my sister unless I get this thing. I want you to be able to visit. You know, it was just very simple. For me. Yeah, it was. It was very personal. No, he, he, was very he personal. had more fear because all I was responsible for was me. So I didn't, I like, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. you were much more susceptible because you're responsible for other yeah. people that were at more of a risk than you and stuff you and know? and also like when we got it it's like they just cut us off unemployment i have to go to i have to work i'm not allowed to work in this industry which is just all ridiculous because they basically put us in a position where it's like hey if you're not going to do this you can't function in society to the point where people were coming from your for your livelihoods left and right and these are liberals there's still a fired. lot of people They're got fired, fired. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people got ostracized and lost friends and just like fucked up just judgmental behavior and i guarantee you that most of the people that were passing those judgments are pro-choice yeah yes pro-choice when it comes to abortion but nothing else you know yeah. the government comes out with a thing and we're like okay let's apply pro-choice now no yeah you're out of society you lose your job you're a piece of shit people saying i hope that people didn't get vaccinated die so people lose their f so people you know yeah like it, it just was a fucked up time. And I just like I just think about like now that we're coming out of it a little bit, just the layers of contradiction and the types of people that were like rah, rah in your face. Get the vaccine. It's the only solution to this. Like, come on. Yeah. We're so quick to get right. And then when we feel right, we're like so quick to get on a podium. Yeah. You know, well, that's when I get the most nervous whenever I feel like very passionate and like mm -hmm. I'm right. I'm like, oh, I'm, I've, I know enough now to be like, I need to shut up because I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's why we would never sit here and proselytize even about plant based diets or fucking, yeah, totally. like all stuff that's really worked for us. I'm like, right. I don't know. I, I really don't fucking know. I might have gotten tricked. I, I don't. T to me, the reason I went plant based was very visceral, like the most visceral moment of my whole life. Yeah, it was like I ingested a mushroom that was like this. This ain't for you. Like, sorry, you're an ectomorph. Just eat fucking plants, bro. And I'm like, I could listen to that. That's that's it's fine. And yeah. I have been. Yeah, you just have to keep listening to your body because if your body is all of a sudden saying like, hey, bro, like you need to, you're some missing meat. something. Yeah, you know, I think that's totally that's fine. That's I'm I'm all about it too. But you know, here's here's what it comes to say for me. Actually, life is much more fun when you're malleable. Mm -hmm. life's much more fun when you allow for growth and your opinions to change and your emotions to evolve. It's much <clears> more <throat> fun than being the person who's so stubborn and dug in, you know, Clean. I've been that guy. Yeah. I've, I've been the guy like, <clears throat> here's the rules. Here's how I conduct myself. Here's what I know that life to be all about. And it's just not as fun. It's yeah. very constricting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the vaccine thing, I was frustrated cause I was, it was like when I was really getting into like, I'm in conversation with my body. And so I'm just listening to like my guts and what they're telling me about my health. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, 28 it, years old and perfectly healthy. Yeah. And then everyone around you, like you have be, you know, just the female experiences, everyone around you saying, well, how you feel is not important. And yeah. so it just felt like uh, the peak of that in my life of like yeah. me 
for the male guys, for whatever, self-exception, people-pleasing or whatever, giving up that you're like, okay, you're right. How I feel doesn't matter. I'll prioritize however the fuck you want me to feel, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was like a process of um, getting over that. And malleability, I've been thinking about so much recently and how that's really the best piece of my artistry and the only reason why I'm able to continue to do what I do um, and enjoy my life because I got diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder and emotional dysregulation. Um, I'm sure you could diagnose me with schizophrenia now or autism Mm, mm -hmm. if you talk to me for long enough. ADHD too. I was on methamphetamine salts for several years of my life. And you're not on anything now. Yeah, I'm not on anything now. And the only reason... She's seeing things in her apartment. That (laughs) exists. And I'm seeing things in my apartment. And the only reason... But the reason is because I put mutability i don't just allow for it i honor mutability and i put it at the forefront of my identity Mm. you know so it it, it means freedom it means freedom of expression it means like i don't have to process the way that i process the last moment in the next moment yeah you could be like i'm borderline freeing i'm borderline personality disorder today but who knows who i'm gonna be tomorrow (laughs) i mean it just opens up the pathway to be less reactionary because you don't always have to show up as the person you once were yeah, well, I mean, yeah. when I was younger and, and I was bulimic and I was like with eating recovery specialists and these women were in their 50s that, and, they, and they were saying, I still deal with it. You're going to deal with it the rest of your life. I was like, just kill me now. Yeah, yeah. what the Do fuck? it. Get the guillotine out, motherfucker. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing 90% of my day being about like Calorie how empty counting. can I feel. Yeah. Oh, you fuck know? that. But of course, it's it's not a second of my day. I don't eat a gram of food in my life in the past. I swear to fucking God, y'all, like eight years that I'm like, should I get rid of this or do I need to feel more yeah. empty? Like. I have a different brain chemistry and maybe that's just mushrooms that I've taken, but I think it's continual disbelief, first of all, in psychology and psychiatry and understanding like these are movable states. I am depressed. I don't have depression. Like I am ADHD. I'm not always ADHD. I'm actually the most focused person. I don't think both of you all probably have met in this lifetime. Yeah. I can focus on something for fucking 11 hours if I need to. You're insane. I'm insane. Yeah. And that's all. I allow myself to have that, that gear. That's a gear. Here's another gear. Mm -hmm. Here's this gear. Maybe there's a but you, you know, the other important thing is you don't fucking say, uh, you don't hang your hat on anyone. Oh, well, this is what I am now. I'm, I'm a bi- bipolar person living in America. No. It's like, if you don't accept that label, I think you can find some solutions to those things that are outside of, uh, you know, the yeah. marketplace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just, I think a lot of this stuff is like antithetical to our creativity. And um, I know like any sort of reductive science is very validating and humans need to be validated and seen and heard. And so of course these labels are like, are really important for different periods of your life to say like, hey, I'm, I'm not functioning how you would consider normal to be. And also like, if you are not sick within our sick society, you're yeah what sick in your fucking brain man so you know like if you're a compassionate human being right now like you're suffering because you're attached to all the other people that are suffering who are starving and hungry and can't pay their bills and are human trafficked and like you know we are all feeling everyone for sure the real sick fucks are the ones who who are are just like like, (laughs) it's all good you know like Like it's all good (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah and i'm like fun is so important to me that's my resolution for this year i know we're in a hell realm and there's certain parts of the third dimension that are only going to get worse we're going Mm. to this goddamn recession we're in capitalism like yeah you know so many reasons to be sad and i really am just having to identify with rebellion and funness in my personality um but there's nothing wrong with you if you're sad 
and uh it bums me out i just I, I actually like right after we went to sleep last night like everybody was like snoring already and i was getting texts from a friend of mine who is like we need to get together i i need to take molly with you and like learn some things and grow and everything and i'm like wow this is this is so special that like this person knows to reach out to me and knows that they want to do something but unfortunately this person made the decision a while ago to um, get on SSRIs. So it's like, I don't want to break his heart and be like, we can't do that because uh, I could kill you with Molly if you're on SSRIs. But it just, it breaks my heart because he wants access to more, but he took something that is not good. The, the reason he's able to function on the day-to-day, not feeling depressed, like able to raise his family and go to work and everything, is because he took, he's on this medication that cuts off the highs and the lows and uh it allows him to function and so he doesn't have access to his full spectrum but like it's his, it's so crazy it's like his body's calling out for it to the point where he's texting me in the middle of the night after his family's gone to sleep and uh i want to help but um I, you can't impart discipline on somebody or the wherewithal to stand up to their wife who's who's you know what I mean like that kind of stuff so yeah I yeah that's a good example because um I think a lot of times we think about depression just being like a personal thing and a lot of times it is like your life isn't the way you want it to be but again like I think some of us are just so sensitive within this collective of suffering that there's no way to exist here in a human body without just have this heaviness of like it's so hard yeah we to get up every day and then you know like we use weed and we have all of these other conversations with other spirits that help us the heavy voodoo it's like heavy voodoo yeah <laughs> you need it and maybe you need the heavy voodoo of western medicine for a second to get you out of bed and to get your stuff I, done you I know can't what I judge mean? it like we can't um but i think anybody who calls themselves like helping you it's it should all be neuroplasticity right it should always be like as flexible as possible to be whoever you want to be as possible mm. um and yeah i think it's hard with these medications to not get stuck in like this is working for me and so why would i change it up yeah um but i think a lot of people get into them not really fully knowing what they do and, and what they're doing definitely they obviously help a lot of people of function course in society and i'm glad go to yeah. the, it's like obviously it's been a lifesaver i mean even your dad is on stuff and it's we've seen yeah. him go from i mean he's still anxious but he used to be a mess like, you know, like unbearable unbearable unfunctioning just the the <laughs> uh, like you know despair he was in on a daily basis you wouldn't wish that on anyone you know so for that him to have something that he's had a, a lot of trauma in his life yeah and so a lot of people have had a lot of trauma that is like yeah the amount of time you would have to take to yes. process that trauma and healthily integrate that trauma is like some people have a family or have an epileptic daughter that they have to care for and don't have necessarily they, the they space. Have jobs they have careers they have responsibilities <laughs> the fact of the matter is like of course this stuff is ubiquitous because mental health struggles are ubiquitous because that's the the name of the game here and who has the time to have the focus and discipline to get their mental health in order yeah no. who even has the wherewithal to admit it to themselves you're you're totally you know? right it's the time because without the medication that portal pro- like all of those fires of getting up early to meditate and work out or yeah. whatever you need to do to try and process that in the therapy. A lot of people don't have the time in their life just and the because of finances is, or family or whatever. You would quit your job if you did. It, you know what I mean? If you're like, okay, oh yeah, my mental, uh, I'm having a mental health crisis. I need to make some adjustments here. 
the, the thing you would quickly realize is, oh, my career is sapping all the joy out of my life. Going and renting my life out to someone else, you know, it's it's actually not help. It's having repercussions on my mental health. So yeah. no. these things ke- keep you in the workplace. Yeah. I'm forever sad girl, support sad girls, always going to make sad girl music. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely on some fun girl shit recently. Yeah. Some like you can't fuck with my fun shit recently. Mm, I love that. Uh, I'm very excited for this chapter. We rely yeah. on it. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's also talking about a thruple and talking about relationship, why relationships like ours can work. And the reason our relationship has worked so long is because the releasing of expectation of like, as much as we want to put ourselves in a box and be like, I'm a Leo rising or Taurus oh, sun yeah. or whatever this means, or Sean's a cancer or whatever. <clears throat> those are limiting, but they can also help you kind of navigate energy. But then there's also like, you have to maintain a level of wonder and uh, unpredictability. Like I have to, in order to be with you guys, in order to enjoy it, I need to know that I don't know what's going to happen next or who you're going to be next or what, like, because then it's like a process of discovering not only myself, but of discovering you guys and not holding you to the box of like, Mare's always like this and I need to be scared of Sean because of this or, you know, it's like we're meeting each other in new moments and like the person that I am also affects the person that you guys are and vice versa. So it's like we are always doing this like alchemy and this dance of like, how do we together come to the most fun place and how mm. do we have that shared vision? And then how do we get there and be excited about what it's going to look like? Because we couldn't possibly know, mm. you know? And so I don't know. It's really, I think that it can be honestly the service we do to each other is kind of like, Oh, you always respond like this or you're always like this or you've you know. always been like this. And this is how I always want you to be because it makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> yes. Many, that's so big. Know, that's so big. How many times have, uh, has someone cried out for help to us and for a psychedelic intervention and their wife or partner puts an, uh, puts a stop to it. And why do you think that is? I don't want them to change. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to be doing any growth that I'm not responsible for. And or that I I'm not control. doing with you. And yeah. I understand that fear. Like it would be challenging to have a partner, ex- like have such a, a more expansive view of their consciousness. And then it, I mean, I do think it would be kind of difficult for yeah. one partner to go through in t- intense psychedelic healing with the other person resistant to that. Mm. Yeah. That was a big part of my conversation with that therapist two days ago was just that I, people change yeah and like the people in my life have changed so much my mother growing up was textbook bipolar my mother now is like a saint you can't yeah. crack her you cannot crack this bitch she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna be she is to- pos- toxic positivity at another level y'all don't even know about it you know what i mean like, yeah. she's a, she is a heat-seeking missile mining for any and every good thing in life because i've fucking drained her <laughs> of everything else <laughs> so people really do change like and i oh. it's a big part of my artistry is i'm always championing that like i want to validate where everyone's at you know like i if really do support can. you doing whatever you're doing but if my mother can change you can change and if yeah. i can change like yeah you change I, loving your mother you know i change loving my mother i used to be somebody that like i had like cutting problems when i was a kid and that like it's just crazy like it's just crazy how much we change and how much yeah. we can step into different roles and the fullness of ourselves and um yeah it's the most exciting thing. just it's the reason i keep being me is because yeah. i know i'm gonna be different tomorrow it's right. exciting. I can be fucking frustrating yeah. but i'm like yeah i'm like i'm mayor three years ago i don't even know who that is so who yeah. knows who mayor in three years is gonna be you know I mean, it wouldn't that be the, the like the crushing weight of, of depression is the feeling like this is never going to change. That, yes. Wouldn't that be the, you know, the seeds of uh, suicidal ideation? Like, 
it feels like this right now and it's always going to feel like this. Yes. The control thing, I love that you brought that up because I heard somebody say this week, self-sabotaging really is just a way because we're, you know, in all this chaos and we're just trying to organize that you can control the outcome. It's like the one way your conscious mind knows what's going to happen when you self-sabotage. Oh, so if you fuck it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You control it. Yeah. So you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we're always trying to avoid the unpredictable. She could kind of almost probably. Because there, there is like, everyone talks about it because you're like, oh, okay, like the fear of success. Like, what if you actually are good at this thing? Yeah. What if you actually do apply yourself? <laughs> what if you actually do show up and do the work that you need to do to be the guitarist you want to be? Totally. Because or, um, then the sky's the limit and that's very scary. scary. <laughs> but yeah, because you see what happens to people who are successful. You know what I mean? You're like, they get eaten alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see what happens. You have. And so we have these negative stories around money, even like, oh, well, rich people are ungenerous. So you're like, well, I don't want to be rich because then I'd be ungenerous. You know, you have these stories that you kind of have to, for better or worse, deprogram because you get to write your own story. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I did not believe my parents that I self-sabotaged until they showed me this movie of me at like six years old just crushing this running race i'm like 15 feet ahead of all these bitches just fucking i, I, I was tall you know i was just killing it Powerful. and then i it's very obvious that i intentionally make myself trip before the race oh ends. no there you couldn't so handle I fell, winning i i couldn't handle it i literally yeah. couldn't handle it. well but the thing and then i i think back to sports and stuff because me and my brother were both very athletic but he always had like a little bit more success and I was so paralyzed in this. If I try my hardest, people are going to know if I fail. I suck. Mm. But if I seem like I'm not trying my hardest, and I think we're all doing that on You're so many different my levels. Career. You know? <laughs> like you know? If it doesn't seem like I'm trying that hard, people are going to really lower their expectations and watch these things and be proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> but what if you actually try? And then, then it's all on you when you fail. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think we're all just, yeah, we're very avoided naturally. We love giving our power away. Ooh, do we love it? Delicious. Oh my God. Me choose? No, thank you. Oh yeah. my God. Please choose. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the decisions and stuff. Like, I yeah. feel like that's why you need to have like designated time where it's like, all right, I'm the decider. Now you're the decider. <laughs> 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 we can't always, can't always be all the pressure to be the decider. Yeah. 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 Except when you're in my life, it's the worst. Well, I, I mean. It, <laughs> that's why I've split personalities. I'm like, producer Mayor, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the the ultimate magnetic pull in here in America is and the thing you have to avoid at all costs is the pull towards victimhood because <laughs> it is a true currency here everybody in almost every conversation if you pay attention is trying to describe some reason that they you know that they should be garnering sympathy from you and and a victimhood narrative and here's who put me in this situation and here's and I'm, look we fucking do it ourselves and spend so many episodes of this podcast talking about being the victims of capitalism it's true you know <laughs> and we I are and and we are but okay so once you're once you uh, stake claim to that then what you know what yeah. are you gonna do totally like, what, what, so, so it, it just feels like almost like a a pull towards just like a very useless emotion in you um, that is actually going to make you stagnate in the person that's a victim. Absolutely. As opposed to being the person that fucking makes changes and does what they have to do to fucking get more in alignment with who they really are. Take off the masks. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, on the other side of that, when you do step into non-victimhood and you start making decisions, you're innately a villain. <laughs> yeah. And that's what people don't I, like about I, it. I, Even I, if yeah. you're amazing at making your decisions, yeah. it doesn't matter. Every, half people don't like you because <laughs> you're choosing now. You're the one choosing. So oh, it's yeah. like... <laughs> All of a sudden, you're a bully. Yeah. I went from being like... I've been to being like, oh, Sean's victimizing me to being like, oh, I'm I'm a villain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually very much a part of my relationship. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I've actually designed this fucking crazy (laughs) world that I live in (laughs) and co-created it, you know. Definitely. Yeah. We both part. We're all participating equally, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what role you're playing, you know, you're kind of consensually participating yeah it's like do you you're wanna... doing what you want whether you admit that to yourself or not exactly like you're doing what you want it's just how active of a role are you taking in it are you you know are you taking an inactive role in it are you taking a back seat and let someone else drive the narrative or are you taking control of your thing well because there is like this level of consent that you in order to like in a lot of modern relationships where there's a power imbalance yeah. we are in a modern society where you can order an uber and get the fuck out of your relationship for yes. the most part 90 percent of relationships you can order an uber and get the fuck out of your relationship i'm sure there's situations where you're held captive and you can't but there should be an uber service specifically for that y'all they show up you with had a bigger heard that truck. my last uber that i took out of our relationship <laughs> oh man <laughs> fucking hilarious it should be a recording <laughs> it should be a recording <laughs> he ha- he was like he was like i felt like as he was pulling out he's like i'm gonna have an interesting story about these t- this uh life so he was like giving me a real long look as he pulled out he's like who is this chick that's making this girl cry <laughs> he was really taking it in <laughs> sure Mowgli, come on up we he love was. you bro come on bro where do you want to go that's fine he knows he knows who to go to <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you guys want to switch over to the Patreon and get a little more personal? Yes, Mowgli. Um, yeah, sure. I feel like we started five seconds ago. Are we already there? I don't know. I can't. My eyes are blurry. Yeah, I guess we've been doing this for an hour. Yes. Well, um, this the, uh, I want to talk about. I'm I'm glad that we just buzzed through an episode because I want to talk about what we just shot um, and that experience. Oh yeah. We uh, we shot a new thing that um, I don't want to talk about on the public thing yet, but. Join us on patreon.com slash church of chill. We're going to do some dabs and uh, talk about a profound healing experience that we were just a part of and that we filmed. Um, so I think that's super exciting. Our Patreons like, pay whatever you want. Um, so it's not like a cash grab thing or whatever. But I think it genuinely helps people to, uh, to find the other like-minded heads that are yeah. out there. And they're all in our Discord community that you can access through the Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. You want to pull a card? Um, sure, I'll pull a card for the collective. For the people. For the people. For the people. Oh, Mo, um, you're too cute, man. I wish you were facing the other way so that people yeah, could see. Yeah, and I kind of, I know I you're going to release this. Mm-hmm. Whatever. What? Come on. Keep it going. Well, I just like, you know, I'm going to put all these songs out this week and I want to link my SoundCloud, but I think you're going to do it before I put all of them out. Well, people won't watch it right away and it'll be in the description and... Yeah, listen to Mare's music, and if you like it, share it with people, because um, it's really hard. It's really hard to uh, make music and get it out there and get it heard. It's it's a tough thing. Yeah, I'm really excited about this batch I have going, and uh, I love feedback. I love to hear what people like and what people don't. It always surprises me. Like, I, somebody just went back into an old song of mine that I am would be mortified, I'm sure, to listen to, but then commented on it. So, uh I love direction. I'm very mutable. Um, I'm having so much fun in this apartment making music. So 
I'm excited to share what I have going on. And we're excited to share what we have going on. I'm just being a little coy about it on uh, on the YouTube special. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill for part two. See you on the other side, y'all. Shh.